Hello, my good friends. Mike Shreve here, founder and head troublemaker of the No Pants Project. You are listening to episode 19. This one is for those of you who are compelled to save everyone else at your own expense. My goal for this episode is to help you realize that until you put you first, you aren't going to help anyone. When I was young, I took a lifeguard class, and I was a very skinny little kid when I was growing up, and the instructor who was teaching this lifeguard class, and even as I'm telling you the story, the, the, both the embarrassment and just it was such a vivid experience, I think I might have been mm, 14, 15, 16, right at that age where you can start getting paid to be a lifeguard. And the instructor was very, very serious, as he should be. He was very, you know, he only wanted people to pass his class if they could actually save someone's life in a pool. And I failed that class and never became a lifeguard because of one instance in the pool and he failed me on the spot. And here's what it was. I probably was a buck 15, 115 pounds, literally soaking wet. Okay, in my swimsuit, I don't know, maybe maybe even less than that. I was probably 115 pounds, maybe. The guy who was running the lifeguard class was a grown man, probably 250 burly pounds. And the assignment was we had to jump in the water and save him. And you think, oh, that's pretty easy. But he was mimicking because he had years and years of experience in lifeguarding. He was mimicking what an actual drowning person does. An actual drowning person doesn't just patiently wait for you to come help them. They thrash and they kick and they scream and they freak out. And you as a lifeguard, when you swim towards them, they will, out of pure instinct, grab you and push you down, not because they're trying to drown you, but because they're trying to pull themselves up. Now you can imagine 250 pound man thrashing wildly about and 115 little scrawny kid jumping in the water, trying to grab this man and pull him back to the, you know, the shoreline or whatever it was, the edge of the pool not shoreline. There was no shoreline. There was just the edge of a pool. Uh, but we, we called it the shoreline because we, anyways, it was all preparation and training for doing all sorts of lifeguarding. I almost drown trying to save him because he was too big, too powerful, and I couldn't stay up. And so I failed the class. He said, you can't even save yourself. I'm not going to let you get paid to save others. Now, obviously, as a kid, that I broke my heart. My poor little teenage boy ego was just wrecked and destroyed. But I've often thought back to that incredibly vivid experience. 
because there's an important lesson in there for those of us who are in service-based businesses where we take on client work, we work with coaching students, we work to help people who need help. Some of those people are drowning, whether it's drowning financially, drowning personally, drowning self-confidence issues. That Some of those people are in a drowning state. You have to be careful and mindful and cautious and well-trained in dealing with those individuals. Otherwise, you yourself will get sucked down. And it's not out of maliciousness. It's not out of ill intent from those individuals. It's just they need help so badly and are in such a situation that to pull themselves up, they, as a side effect, pull you down. This is about a completely different concept than just learning how to survive when dealing with people who need help. Now granted, not every single client you work with is gonna be drowning, but by definition, if they hired you, they need help. And even if your life is perfect and your family isn't weighing you down and trying to pull you down, while they try to pull themselves up because they're drowning and they made a series of bad decisions, if your life is perfect and all your friends are always supportive and they never say bad things about you because their life is bad, if you've never had any haters online, even if all of that is perfect and nothing bad ever happens to you in that regard, by definition, if you are in a service-based business trying to help other people, they're going to lean on you a little bit. Even if they're your dream customer and their dream client and they've got all their stuff together and they pay you well, by definition, what they are doing is leaning on your expertise, leaning on your skills, leaning on you as the person who's going to fix their problem, whatever that problem is. So a big part of running a successful freelancing business is to develop the skill of not being that 14, 13, 14, 15, however old I was, 115 pound kid in the pool, but to be able to be a professional, to be the guys who passed that test and girls who passed that test, to be the ones who can, even when the client is flailing about, even when your family is flailing about and your friends are flailing about, Even when a stranger on the interwebs is flailing about trying to drag you under, you can maintain composure and control of the situation so that not to be domineering and to hurt people and to, but to be able to save them. To get to that point, 
you first have to save yourself. We go through life thinking that we are a boat in the middle of the ocean. And life is tossing us and the waves are coming and this is happening and that's happening and we're this little boat in the ocean. The second that we decide to start a business, the second that we decide to work on ourselves as we grow, as we change, as we improve, the second that we make the decision to do something about being that boat in the middle of the ocean that's being tossed to and fro, we no longer are the boat. The second you make that decision, you have become the lighthouse. All your friends, all your family, the trolls, the random strangers on the internet, the clients that you have, they're still stuck as boats. You, the person who's made the decision to put in the work, to do the things required to improve yourself so that you can go help other people, you are no longer in the same position as they are. It doesn't mean you're better. It means that your role has changed. Your role is no longer simply to survive as the waves toss you to and fro. It is to stand firm to send out the beacon that will guide those people that you care about into safe harbor. Care about your clients? You want to guide them to where they want to be. Care about your family? You want to guide them to where, where, you, where they want to be, where you want them to be. The passage that someone takes from being out there in the ocean, trying to get to safe harbor, is a dangerous one. So I live in Portland, Oregon, which is uh, quite a ways into the Columbia. It's not on the coast. I think a lot of people think it's on the coast. It's not really that. I think it's like an hour and a half to the coast. But we live, our, so where we go to uh, uh our beach, what we call it, basically uh, the spot that we go to, is on the mouth of the Columbia River uh, where it meets the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Okay, that particular area, that particular uh, Coast Guard station uh, based out of Astoria is one of the busiest Coast Guard stations in the world because the co- when the Columbia meets the Pacific Ocean, the Columbia River meets the Pacific Ocean, it is one of the most dangerous places in the world for a boat to travel. It's notorious for sinking ships. There's also a very beautiful lighthouse. And there are many lighthouses like this everywhere along uh, the Pacific Northwest.
it's the quintessential Pacific Northwest lighthouse, which is, it's on a rock, what seems to be in the middle of the ocean, and it's the white spire, that uh, the white column, and it's got the rotating strobe and all of this kind of stuff. It's one of those old lighthouses. You can go tour it and all kinds of cool stuff. If you study how a lighthouse operates and you understand that you are no longer the boat in the middle of the ocean once you've decided to do something different, once you decided to take on the mantle of being a freelancer and helping other people, of improving yourself, making more money, having more freedom, doing something different than everybody else. If you really sit and study what lighthouses do, and how lighthouses operate, you will find a path for you to help you to take care of yourself or at least to know who you are now so that you can be more aware about being more careful so you don't get drowned or you don't get taken under, you don't get pulled down when you're trying to help other people. The first thing that you'll notice is that lighthouses don't move. A lighthouse, once it's built, is there for good. When you make the decision to pursue whatever it is that you are going to pursue, You must stay committed and firm and unmovable and unshakable in your resolve to accomplish what you have set out to accomplish. You may be accused by people you love of being selfish. But an accusation is not truth. I think in outrage culture these days, we've lost the meaning of truth versus accusation. But just because someone calls you selfish doesn't mean that you are. Especially if you are taking the time to stay focused on your goals, to ignore the distractions, to pursue what you want to pursue so that you can help them. Don't be surprised if people are so short-sighted that they will make judgments about you today without realizing that if they would just keep their mouth shut, (laughs) they would stop giving you such a hard time. You have goals and dreams and a passion to be able to give back to them when you get to a certain point in your own life. The problem is when you let their opinions, you let their drama, you let their stuff move you off center, move you away from what you want to accomplish.
it's so important to be able to see things in the big picture. In the moment, if a troll calls you a scammer or says your stuff is awful or says you are horrible, in the moment, that can feel like the most true thing you have ever experienced in your entire life. But in the big picture, even if they say your stuff is horrible, and even if it is, even if it's horrible, and even if it is, People make fun of my laugh. It sounds cheesy. You know what? They're right. I don't know why it it came out that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's a a British comedian. His name is Jimmy. I think Jimmy Carr. He has the craziest laugh I've ever heard. And it is his actual laugh. I don't know why I laugh when I do. I don't know why my laugh is that way. What they're saying is true. However, what they then say about me because of the way that I laugh is not someone says that you're bad at what you do right now, or they just say you're bad at what you do, perspective says, maybe you are. I'm not suggesting to just close up and never take any feedback. Maybe you're not that good right now. But right now is the key word. Yeah, I'm not good right now. Doesn't mean I should stop. This is what I mean about being unmovable, that a lighthouse doesn't move. You know what else a lighthouse doesn't do? A lighthouse doesn't leave its post to go save someone in the middle of the ocean. If a boat is in trouble, the lighthouse doesn't jump off the rock and swim out to save it. Why? One, because it can't. Two, because if a lighthouse were to dive in the water, the beacon, the purpose of a lighthouse existing, it's that little light that spins around and shows all the boats what to be careful for and all this, and, and here's a beacon and here's where the coastline is and we'll guide you into safe harbor, come this way. The second that gets doused by diving in the water to go try and save someone, every other boat who was desperately needing that beacon to guide them home is now lost. When I say that a lighthouse must be firm, what I am suggesting is that you minimize your ability to help people by diving in the ocean and chasing after one single thing. 
Let me give you some ta- some sort of practical examples. If you have one client who is causing you unbelievable drama, don't sink the entire business. In other words, don't let those other two or three clients that you have start to get lost. Start to lose your way or sorry, start to lose their way because you dove in the ocean after this one drama client. The ability, the maturity to see that happening in the moment to realize if I keep dumping all of my energy and time and resource and focus and etc. into this one person who's on my client roster that I am actually stealing that time and energy and resources from these other clients. That's what I'm talking about when I say you have to learn how to save yourself first before you can save other people. It's irresponsible to douse the beacon to go chase one person. Let me give you another example. A troll says something nasty to you on your Facebook ad. I can't tell you how many times I have personally had to work deeply on something that someone says about me on the internet and not giving up on everybody else. Maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe I'm not as tough as I think I am. I don't, etc. and etc. But it is a real, sincere, and honest challenge to be talked about and have conclusions made about you from complete strangers online. What about family? Is it your responsibility to prevent yourself from helping others, from building a business, from doing something important? To go save someone who, let's be honest, probably doesn't even want to be saved, probably just likes the drama as much as they like anything else? You have to think about this stuff. You only have one life to live. You can't let other people pull you down. Not for selfish reasons, but because what I am saying to you is when you let someone pull you down, you can't help other people. When you lose your vision of where you're going and what you're doing and what your goals are, you have robbed the world of your potential. And it doesn't matter if your potential isn't a million people. I highly doubt I will affect a million people over the course of whatever. Check in again in five years. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a wild hair and, you know, and have some ideas. But right now, I am not trying to gun for a million people. 
five years ago, I was like, I, I hope I can help three clients. And that was as much as I wanted. Three clients, my kids, my wife, and that's good. That's all I'm looking for. So I'm not saying it has to be this big, grandiose vision. Don't feel like you have to have this pressure to, you know, change the world. And I'm just saying, don't let your potential be robbed, whatever that is, because it was difficult for you to remain firm. One of these podcasts will talk about collision conversations. That's about being firm. Telling the truth instead of telling little white lies to make everybody feel good and to box yourself in and make it impossible for you to actually do good. something to consider a lot of the charity work that I do and am involved with requires ruffling people's feathers to accomplish the good that we want to do do you think everybody in South Africa loves Nikayla no we do weird I mean Look, let me be totally honest. Nikayla.org, we fund the ranger program in South Africa. Poachers hate us. Death threats? Got them. But we are firm. And because of that, we have helped many people through safe passage, many animals through safe passage, many communities through safe passage. If we had buckled the second some poachers said blah blah whatever, all of those people who had relied on us, all the people we've helped, we wouldn't have been able to. We would have been pulled down before we had the chance. The second thing that a lighthouse does very well, which is about being firm, about not moving, is that a lighthouse is consistent. A lighthouse stays in the same spot, rotates the beacon, the light at the lighthouse over and over and over and over again. And it is that consistency which allows ships at sea to find safe harbor. If the lighthouse was just kind of willy-nilly, wishy-washy, I don't know, come over here, come over there, I don't really know, it would be chaos out there. If you want to help someone, develop consistency. And consistency isn't just about showing up and building a habit. Consistency is if you believe that what you're selling will help someone, 
and you're on a sales call with that person, you're on a discovery call, you're in a back and forth email situation, and they say, I would love what you have, but I don't really know if I'm going to buy it. I don't know if this is... And they start giving you objections, and you don't have the internal ability to remain consistent, what will happen is in that conversation, you will begin to justify their fears by saying things like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, look, I understand if you don't have this and this isn't going to work and it's totally okay. Like, don't worry about it. You probably didn't really need this anyways. And you start explaining yourself out of the sale. You've been inconsistent. Because you started the sale with, I'm here to help you. I know how to help you. Here's what I can do to help you. Here's the thing that I've got for you. When we work together, this is how I'm going to help you. And, the, and, you know, if you're advanced enough in your freelancing career, you in one of our programs, you say, and this is the result you're going to get. But then the second a wave crashes up against the lighthouse, so it's a little tiny one. All of a sudden, the, the beacon doesn't work anymore. It's trying to, you're moving the lighthouse to another position. You haven't even hit a storm yet. It's just like the little bit of you know, some saltwater spray gets on the white paint. Consistency is important. If you're trying to help people. Remember when you, before you made the decision to build your business and to go on a, a, a episode of personal growth and to become more than what you were before, When you were a ship at sea, it's rough out there. They're feeling the same waves that you feel, but they have even less than you have. Imagine if you knew how to close sales on the phone and you have a client who comes to you and they're just like, I cannot close sales on the phone. What am I doing wrong? And you imagine how hard it is for you to close a sale on the phone and the bad days you have and the good days you have and the ups and downs. Imagine somebody who doesn't have your knowledge trying to navigate those same waters. One of my mentors says everybody's walking around with their umbilical cord in their hand looking to plug it in somewhere. Which is to say, if you assume that everyone's struggling with something, you'll be right 100% of the time. What people are looking for, what they need, what they crave, is for someone to be consistent enough to be able to help them find the safe passage to where they want to go. If you keep flip-flopping and changing 
and are wishy-washy in what it takes or what you're saying it takes or etc and etc you're not helping anyone so this is why you have to save yourself before you save other people if you yourself are wishy-washy guess what you need to do Invest the time to get unwishy-washy. What videos are you watching? What podcasts are you listening to? What work are you doing internally? If you've decided to start a freelancing business... You decided to to go on the self-development thing and try to make yourself better. You're a lighthouse now. The decision you make now. And and when I say you're a lighthouse now, what I mean is that other people are going to start looking to you. If you start telling people that you're a freelancer, let me tell you what's going to happen. Two types of people are going to spring up. One of them is very loud. The other is not very loud. They're actually pretty silent. They don't really say anything. The first group of people, they're going to be the jerks. They're going to judge you. They're going to say you're not this. They're going to say you that. They're the waves that are going to splash against you. But there's another group of people. It could be the same. It could be within the same uh, uh, set of friends. It could be within your family. It could be people who see you online. There's a group of people who are quite silent. And you know what they're doing? They're saying, I hope she makes it. Because if she can do it, I'm going to follow her lead. That's what I mean by you become a lighthouse. Whether you want to be or not. The second you make that decision, you start changing your behaviors. People are watching you. Your kids. My son watches and picks up on and is intelligent enough, and he's only six years old, and understands when things are going well, when things are going bad. He watches what I do. He mimics me. You're a lighthouse whether you want to be or not the second you choose to go on this path of trying to help people. So you can no longer afford to be wishy-washy. It's not... Wishy-washiness is not a character defect. It's not a personality defect. Being wishy-washy is simply the byproduct of two things that are missing. One, you don't have clarity. So either you don't have clarity about your own dreams, you don't have clarity about how to get those dreams, you don't have clarity about the systems and the processes and the tactics and the strategies. That's number one. And then number two is you don't have the data, which is you don't have experience. You haven't tried it. You haven't tested it. You haven't had a client, so you don't know if this is going to work. You haven't uh, sent a cold email, so you don't know if it's going to work. So, of course, you're wishy-washy. You think, well, someday I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, this does work. It doesn't work. So, if you feel yourself in a wishy-washy state, it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that that's who you are. I, I had a phone call the other day with somebody who says, oh, that's just who I am. I always start things and can't finish them. Or I always change my mind. That's not who you are. 
That's not a reflection of your personality. It's simply a lack of clarity. And how do you get clarity? Well, you do work. Some of the work is you take a class. Some of the work is you get a mentor. Some of the work is you read a book. Some of the work is sitting down with a journal. Jim Rohn became internationally famous for pushing this idea of think on paper, which is to say, if you aren't sitting down and putting your thoughts on the page, of course you don't have clarity. You're trying to keep it all in your brain. It gets messy in there. And then, of course, once you have the clarity, you have the class, you know the direction you should take. Affirm the clarity by collecting data that says, yeah, this definitely was the right choice. Otherwise, you have a moment of clarity, and then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, an hour later, the doubt starts creeping in. You start thinking, I don't know if this is that. And why? It's because the data you have currently doesn't support the hypothesis. So you got to go get it. Number three, third thing that a lighthouse does, or that's important to understand about lighthouses, is the role of a lighthouse. The role of a lighthouse. More specifically, I want to talk about the role of the keeper of the lighthouse. The person who lives in the little house at the bottom and whose sole responsibility in the old days, they don't do it this way anymore, but whose sole responsibility was to keep the flame lit. Too many of you are spending more time solving other people's problems than you are solving your own. I'm not talking about being selfish. I'm not talking about, you know, some kind of Ayn Rand, you know, libertarian dystopia where it's every man for themselves and you're dead. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, would you let a sleep deprived heart surgeon hasn't slept in a week has a bunch of stuff going on at home. His arm is broken, so he only has one good arm. He's maybe even a little either hungover or drunk, doesn't have his stuff together clearly. Would you let that person cut you open? I wouldn't. If you think you're going to rescue someone who's drowning... And you can't even swim in the pool? I love you, but something is wrong. That's a... That is a series of thoughts or a thought pattern that is out of alignment. You have a lot of demands on your time, on your attention. You have a lot of demands on who you are as a person. 
If you aren't spending at least 30 minutes a day making yourself better, I am telling you from experience and all sorts of experience, not just personal experience, but watching my clients, many of my clients serve millions of people. Like that's the vision they have. I, that's why I'm fairly confident. I don't want what they have because I've seen it before, but the, you know, they want to the, impact the millions and the billions and the, and they spend way more time on improving themselves, on working on themselves. One of um, one of my favorite sayings, and I believe it first came from Jim Rohn. I hate to keep quoting Jim Rohn. Y'all probably just think I worship the guy, but I will say one of the biggest regrets in my life is that I never got to meet him in person before he passed away. But this is this is something that I think is important. One of his principles was work harder on yourself than you do on your business. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business. And that's not just good advice for a business owner. How about work harder on yourself than you do on other people? Every time that I struggle in whatever it is that I'm doing, I can trace directly to the source of when the trouble happened and when I stopped spending time working harder on myself than I did on my business. Every single time. Right now, I'm going through a massive business challenge. Probably the biggest one I've ever experienced. It started in September. What happened in September? I got comfortable. Made 200, I think it was like $257,000 in revenue. It's revenue, not profit. Two hundred fifty. Seven-ish thousand dollars in revenue in September if you combine all of my income streams in one month. And so what do you think I stopped doing? I stopped working harder on myself than I did in my business. And sure enough, 45 days later is when I entered into that partnership that ended up stealing $55,000. And since that time, it's been a very difficult few months. And the only reason that things haven't completely fallen apart, the only reason that I've continued to show up and serve and help, the only reason any of that has been possible is because I work harder on myself than I do in my businesses. Now, what does that mean specifically? Well, it means things like, to me, meditation is an investment in my business. 
To me, journaling is an investment in my business, meaning I'm working harder on myself than I am in my business. That is a related to revenue activity. That's how I translate it. If I buy a course, I take it very seriously. I say this is, I'm doing this to generate revenue. The way that I'm generating revenue is I'm working on the one thing in my business that runs and drives my business, which is me. I'm developing this asset. The side effect of this activity is obviously things just get easier because you've improved yourself. What used to be hard is now easy because you invested on making it easy. But it goes way beyond just business. This applies to all things. If I become a better man, I am a better father. a better husband, a better member of my community. I can help others in equal measure to how well I am doing. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not saying that the only time you'll ever be able to help somebody is if you're rich. I think that's a horrible idea. You can help people now. But I am talking about the internal stuff. Example. I am able to volunteer a significant amount of my time in various capacities. I just added another uh, area of volunteering. I'm able to do so Not because I have a bunch of time. I have three income streams. They're fairly major, each of them. I'm able to devote so much time because I have worked on discipline for the past decade, specifically time discipline. Ask anyone who works for me how hard it is to have a phone call. That's not an accident. It's my time discipline in action. Because I want to be able to devote my time to those other important things. Not saying that my team is important. And if you're listening on my team, I love you very much. But I think you know me enough to understand how important that volunteer time is. So my friends, the idea here is to understand that you cannot be 15-year-old me thinking you're going to go be a professional lifeguard when you are getting drowned trying to save one person. You also have to understand that because you're going on this journey, 
you're going through this process of personal development, skills development, building a business, by definition, you are now no longer the boat in the ocean. You are the lighthouse. People have put you in that spot now. You are becoming an example to others. You cannot hide your light under the bushel. So, hopefully this helped. Do some deep consideration. Ask yourself, are you working on yourself harder than you're working on your business? Are you working on yourself harder than you're working on other people? This is life, isn't it? We want it to be a direct path. We want to say, the way I'm going to help as many people as possible is if I just waste and wear out my life and helping other people and throw myself to the side and don't worry about my needs and don't worry about me improving and I'm just going to sacrifice myself to others. I've seen a lot of people burn out that way. And their impact is reduced because they try to help everybody else who's flailing about and possibly drowning. And what happens? They get sucked under. If you want to maximize the good you do, you have to maximize the good you do to yourself first. Let me tell you something else. That doesn't look like a Lamborghini and a mansion and a, you know, all this consumerism stuff. I'm, again, I'm not talking about squeezing as much money out of everything as possible. I'm talking about doing the hard stuff. The internal work. Stuff that makes you a better person. Because when a good person runs a business, it's a good business. When a bad person runs a business, it's a bad business. And that's it for me, my friends. Episode 19 of the No Pants Show. Why you need to stop trying to save everyone and start saving yourself.